Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 770. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiyismach at take10fortorah.org. We have talked about the practical benefits of observing the laws of Lashon Hara, and remember that means to not speak, observing the laws of not speaking Lashon Hara, and we talked about that. Then I wanted to continue the conversation as it relates to this week's parasha. We know the parasha begins with Shlach Lecha Anoshim. We have the story of the Miraglim, the spies, the people who come back with a terrible report about Israel and cause the Jews to wander for another 40 years. So the very first Rashi in the parasha is Shlach Lecha Anoshim Lomanismucha Parashas Miraglim Leparashas Miriam, why is it that the parsha of the Miraglim, the story that's found here, is found immediately after the story of Miriam? She was smitten with Saras, as we learned at the end of last week's parsha, because of what she said about her brother Moshe. And these people, these terribly wicked people, these ten people who went as spies, they saw that story and learned nothing from it. So it could be it's a lesson about Lashon Hara, it could be it's a lesson about learning after you see things, uh, terrible terrible things happening for uh, things that people do terribly. So in any event, that's why these two parashios are together. But I figured it's worth um, another conversation about Lashon Hara, not the same one, but slightly different material. There's a great book, and I probably said this last time, there's a great book called False Facts and True Rumors by Rabbi Daniel Z. Feldman, uh, written within the past year or two. It's Lashon Hara in Contemporary Culture, which is fantastic, really, you know, because a lot of what we read when we read Sefer Chavetz Chaim, when we read some of the older books, it's very difficult to translate that into modern times, into modern communication methods, into how we have conversations nowadays, the things we talk about. It's very difficult to translate. He does a superb job um, going through this all, and I would really suggest that you read it. In particular, uh, I heard a nice idea from um, from Rabbi Ari Leibowitz, quoting of Matasio Solomon. The question I had heard before, but an interesting answer. The question that he asked was as follows. He said, you know, we know that when the Jews were given the Torah, they said, Nasev and Ishma, we will do, and then we will hear. What is that coming to exclude, right? Well, what was the other response? So the other response that could have happened, as the Midrash describes, is that God went to the nations of the world and presented the Torah. They said, oh, Torah, sounds great. What's in it, right? They asked to Nishma first and then Nasa. And so the way the Midrash describes it, each nation had its own particular challenge, and that challenge was uh, voiced by God. You know, uh, there was a nation that was particularly murderous, and so, um, you know, he said, don't murder. And they said, ah, don't murder? Mm, not for us. Or another nation, don't steal. And then that nation said, ah, don't steal, not for us, too big of a challenge, we can't do it. Instead, the Jewish people come and they say, Nasev and Ishma, we will do and we will hear. What would have been the question, asks Rav Matasio Solomon, what would have been the question that the Jewish people would have been asked had we let the question happen? Meaning, had we been Nishma first and then Nasa, maybe if we would have said yes, what would have been our challenge, our distinct and unique problem? So, you might offer a variety of answers, I don't know, you could suggest whatever you want. But Ramon Tzio Solomon, uh, maybe uh, seeing human nature and seeing the way people are, uh, said that it was Lashon Hara. You know, if you imagine God would have said, you can't go gossiping about other people, as interesting as it is, as fantastic as it feels to know information about other people, you can't do it. So the Jewish people may have said, oh, uh, that's what's in your Torah? Sorry, not going to do it. And so we have had this incredible challenge, not only... Um, not only now, but of course throughout history. Some of the greatest destruction in Jewish history was caused by Lashon Hara. The Medrash points to the story of the Nachash, you know, the story in the beginning that got Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava thrown out of Gan Eden is because of the snake and has to do with Lashon Hara. It pins literally all of death on Lashon Hara. 
Yosef comes, the Gullus and Mitzrayim, the exile in Egypt, comes about Yosef, Dila Ra. He speaks the uh, bad story, he tells a bad report that Yosef told Yaakov about his brothers, causing all sorts of acrimony between the two of them, and as a result, the Bnei Israel end up descending into Egypt. We have the story with two Jews fighting in story uh, in, in the book or in Parsha of Shemos, and after one of them threatens to tell on Moshe, Moshe says, Achen noda hadavar, now the matter is known. So some understand that that means no, Achen noda hadavar, it doesn't just mean that it's known and I'm going to get into trouble, people will know what I did to that Egyptian, I killed the Egyptian. Rather, no, what it means is, Achen noda hadavar, now I know, it's been made aware to me why it is that the Jews deserve this. If this is the type of behavior, Lashon Hara, uh, which is uh, going on between Jews, between people, that must be why we're enslaved. And uh, again, uh, finding itself, we got down to Egypt because of Lashon Hara, and we're still in Egypt because of Lashon Hara. Then, of course, we have the Miraglim. The Miraglim are the ones that cause all the future tragedies in Jewish history. Not only the 40-day delay in the desert, but also the Miraglim occur, the events occur on Tisha B'Av. Uh, the, the, the night of empty tears turns into a night of uh, useful tears, the night of deserved tears, which later in generations is uh, meant the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. And that story also, the Miraglim, comes from Lashon Hara. And so last time we talked about how Lashon Hara is a real quality of life issue. Imagine a life, a world, where Lashon Hara wasn't a thing, where we didn't have to worry about people's perceptions, we didn't have to worry about what other people thought. But that's not what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about another notion, where Lashon Hara is permitted, right? The notion of toela. So toelet means when I'm speaking, what I'm saying, uh, purposefully. Now, we might always argue that we're doing it purposefully, because it's fun, it's great, it's fantastic. But the Chavetz Chaim, in his book, Chavetz Chavetz Chaim, he talks about the rules of when it is considered to be toelet, when it is considered to be constructive, purposeful. And there's a lot of discussion, you can read in Rabbi, in Rabbi Feldman's book, about the different reasonings behind why Toelis might be okay. Uh, is it because there's no problem of Lashon Hara when I'm trying to do it for somebody else? Or is it, yeah, there is a problem of Lashon Hara, but I'm helping the other person more than I'm hurting this person? Nice, interesting uh, theoretical discussion behind it. I'm going to read you the list of things. You know, we, we, we might be very quick to say that something is Toelis, and I don't mean to say that if we're protecting people, we should hesitate for even a moment. But here are the criteria to meet the, the, the list that is known, the criteria, uh, to meet the um, threshold of to'eles, what's considered purposeful. I'm going to read it for the Mechavetz Chaim, and hopefully over a future time we can discuss it. This is in uh, one of the chapters in his book. He deals with it very, very at length. But here's what he says. Ve'eluhen, these are the rules. Aleph, she'ir is ba'atzmo. The first thing is that you need to know it. You need to know it, you need to have seen it yourself. Ve'olo ayideh shmi'a me'acherem. And, and you can't have heard it from somebody else. Unless it was in some way clarified to you. So you can't be hearsay. If you're going to go and say something negative about somebody else in order to ostensibly save that person from sort of, so, some sort of damage, some sort of harm, you need to know it. That's rule number one, to know. Rule number two. You have to know that what he did was actually wrong, right? You can't just make a snap judgment. 
about what it is that he did. And in your understanding, I think what he did is objectively wrong. Maybe you don't know the halacha. Maybe you don't really know the facts. And although you think you know all of these circumstances because you saw that the person took the $10, maybe there was a very good reason for it. So you need to know that it was actually an objectively bad and evil behavior that you're now going to spread to somebody else. The first thing you need to do is speak to the sinner. You have to address the issue at its source. Maybe you can fix the person's ways. Now this is interesting. This doesn't relate to the report itself. It delays to the object of the report. So if you want to save Ruvain from Shimon's behavior, the first thing you need to do is speak to Shimon to try to change his behavior. And if he doesn't listen, and then uh, then you can do what you got to do. But it's not just about the report. It's about who you are reporting on. So, so to speak, you know, we have that line that we don't, I'm not making the news, I'm just reporting it. Here, if you're going to report it, you actually have to be involved in making it. I'm sorry, uh, number four. You shouldn't be exaggerating. You know, if the person, you saw the person maybe was a little bit dishonest in one area, so that doesn't necessarily mean the person is a bank robber and a serial killer. And so you have to be very clear about what exactly it was that you saw, what exactly you know. Hey, you have to have in mind, and this is so fascinating and worth its own discussion, Chavetz Chaim says, your intent, your intent has to be clear and clean. It has to be for the purpose of Toilet, for purposefulness. It can't be because it happens to be purposeful, purposeful, and I happen to hate the guy. And that's why I'm doing it, and that's a whole other discussion I'd love to get into some other time. Um, if you are able to get this same purpose without speaking with Lashon Hara, to be able to manipulate factors and situations so that you can avoid this, uh, without having to say it, it's not always possible. And then Zion Shalisubahadin. You have to make sure that your words aren't going to cause destruction well beyond what the you are saving the person from. If the issue relates to a couple of dollars, and you know in regard to a two dollar issue, um, this person might be less than honest, but you have no reason to think that something else more serious, the person will be dishonest, you can't destroy and trash that person in a way where they're gonna get an incredible amount of damage. And each of these requires to be delved into, but it shows us the threshold of what is purposeful and how careful we have to be.